and welcome to Powerhouse Podcast. This is Olga. Um, so anyway, the idea of the podcast is to empower people, especially motivated and curious students, to be themselves and to support one another by sharing and listening. If it makes you think, I really hope that's, I, I hope that's what it does. I just hope it makes people think, it makes people wonder, keeps them curious, keeps them feeling connected, like a breath of fresh air for all of us a little bit stuck at home right now or wherever we are. Um, so yeah, anyway, with time in our hands right now, let's chat. Hi, welcome to pod three of Powerhouse Podcast. Today we've actually got a group podcast with four people, myself included, studying commerce. We'll be chatting with Duncan, Jack and Sam about the business world as we try to define it and what the hell is business even, um, as well as the corporate world, things we hate, things we love, how we'd like to see it, things we are confused about and a few other things. So tune in for a bit of chat, a bit of banter, me throwing the guys under the bus with some <laughs> rapid fire questions and yeah, a couple other cool ideas being shared. Tune in. Hey everyone, Duncan, Jack and Sam, welcome. Thanks. Olga. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you guys going? Uh, I'm doing yeah, not too well. bad, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> welcome and thanks so much for joining in today for a little chat. So we'll start with a bit of an introduction and um, a catch-up and also how we know each other. So Duncan, Jack, Sam and I all know each other from uni and we're all studying commerce together. So that's kind of how we met, doing a bunch of random assignments together and enjoying our university experiences. Um, all right. So Jack, how about you start and introduce a little bit about you and where are you from? What are you studying and any other interests of yours? Uh, yep. I'm Jack. Uh I'm currently living in Melbourne, but I spent my entire childhood um, in Hong Kong and I went to an international mm -hmm. school there and uh, I recently moved here for uni. So I'm currently in third year, um, same as Olga and Sam and Duncan, and we're all doing <laughs> commerce. I'm uh, majoring in uh, finance and economics and I'm mm -hmm. enjoying it so far. Awesome. Any Anything random or interesting that you'd like to mention about yourself? Any of your interests? Uh, well, I was just talking to the guys and uh, I've actually, uh, I think my day-to-day -day habits haven't exactly been that affected by this whole virus situation, seeing as I'm still uh, staying at home playing games mostly. <laughs> so gaming is something you're interested in. Cool. Yeah, I'd say All so. Right. Yeah. Duncan, take it away. What about you? Where are you from? What are you um, studying? So I'm... I'm Duncan. I was born in Scotland, but I've had like quite a random assortment um, of locations that I've gone to school throughout my childhood. Like I sort of went from Scotland to Perth and then Perth to LA, back to Perth to finish high school. Um, and then same as the other three here, uh, now at uni in Melbourne um, and attending a residential college currently. I, with my spare time, I guess, um, I like, I've enjoyed sort of recently going to 
particularly reading nonfiction because often the breadths I choose at uni, I've chosen sort of breadths, um, history breadths. Just to clarify, uh, these breadths are like little additional subjects that we get to take in our university outside of our degree scope. So it's anything that you're interested in that you can study. So for example, like doing commerce, you can exactly do what Duncan did, like a little bit of nonfiction. Yeah, yeah. So because all of our subjects that we do part of our course are like very economics and finance because I'm majoring in finance and economics mm-hmm. as well. So I like to sort of branch out when I can and this M because I'm not doing any breaths. I'm sort of trying to make up for it by reading books. Um, I've got a few uh, political-based books, um, particularly US politics as well as World War II, uh, as well as a bit of philosophy here and there. Oh, that's um, but cool. outside of that more, yeah, and then outside more of that, I uh, enjoy still playing futsal volleyball like casually um and then i still sort of like enjoy doing debating because i used to do a lot in high school and now i sort of uh-huh. try to adjudicate debating which just means i'm like basically like the referee for debates for high schools um so you you help Melbourne. them run debates in high schools right okay yeah help them run and then um adjudicate so basically like the people who like score at all the participants and then tell um them all who won the debate and why that sort of thing like um uh-huh. yeah sort of like the referee for the, the debate that's really cool um all right and then we got sam sam so introduce yourself where are you from what are you studying and any interesting hobbies or interests yeah no i'm sam um born in canberra but spent the first four years of my life living in beijing um, came back to Canberra, then went and lived in London for three years before coming back to Canberra again, finishing high school and then moving down to Melbourne for study like everyone else here. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm doing currently focusing on economics. I started my degree doing actuarial studies, but found I enjoyed the economic side more. Um, so kind of switched to that instead and have been really enjoying it since. Um, yeah. I guess is like um, I'm a avid reader. I spend a lot of my free time reading or been trying to do a bit of writing recently. Um, yeah, so oh, I've kind of cool. finished. Oh, writing? Oh, uh, just like trying out short stories. I was reading. Um, I was reading a book my dad sent me. Um, and Raymond, yeah, he sent me Raymond Carver, who was an American short story writer. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I got kind of inspired. So I was trying to do a bit of writing just to test my skills, see if I can actually do it. So yeah, that's kind of been what I've been doing to pass the time recently. Um, while in quarantine. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I always hate everything I write, so I don't know. Well, I guess I, I'd have to get someone else to read it. Yeah, I know I, I'm very critical of my own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I read a lot of stuff. Thanks. Yeah. I've always wanted to uh, try and do that, but I never get around to it. Yeah, I was just giving it a go because I, I honestly didn't have much else to do. I've been, I'm a keen cooker, cook chef i guess yeah. that's the actual word oh yeah, yeah. um so been cooker, cooker. <laughs> cooker. <laughs> so um just been yeah kind of picking up ingredients and trying to plan a meal plan dinner and do that as well just to spice stuff up seeing to prevent myself from 
slowly going insane over the next couple of weeks. It's kind of challenging That's cooking with only what's available at Coles, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's always good fun. What's for dinner for you guys tonight? Um, ooh, I think I'm doing uh, garlic and oil pasta. Oh, so something a bit bit simple, yeah. Nothing fancy tonight. What about you, Duncan? Um, so normally my my family always for like this Easter Easter Sunday would go to like <clears throat> go out for like to a really nice restaurant or something and get food. Mm-hmm. But we decided obviously that's impossible. So we're getting takeaway from this really nice restaurant called um, Odyssey here in Perth. Mm-hmm that does is doing takeaway but we decided to get it today because takeaway tomorrow is very difficult yeah um so we're getting a really nice um like basically a really just nice um dinner but like steaks um kangaroo i think that's just um but in uh, but takeaway so um we'll be like dressed up but at home i suppose oh that's cool yeah yeah getting creative there and then jack what about you Mm -hmm. what's for dinner tonight um, I think I've got some leftover dal that I made, um, but I also have some chicken wings, so I might cook those. Oh, that's cool. Yum. Well, I feel like I need to also step up my game. I feel like today I decided to focus on lunch, and dinner is just going to be some some pasta for sure. It's like that yeah, when you're cooking always for yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, cooking. I've been cooking so much. I mean, I love it in any case, but now it's like I'm dedicating extra time to it so i've been just like going a bit extra and like setting everything up and then sending photos to my family Mm. trying to seem like i have things together (laughs) but then (laughs) yesterday actually for breakfast i had some like i had some toast that i burned and then i just couldn't be bothered so i just ate it and i sent my parents my burnt toast and i was like it's only up from here so (laughs) (laughs) that's quite good (laughs) yeah it's all right though you know you have those days Mm. No, yesterday was because it was Good Friday. Uh-huh. Had to spice it up because no meat, so had to do seafood for dinner, mm. which was a bit of fun. Yeah. Oh, that's yum seafood. Well, that's uh, isn't that isn't that what a lot of people do on Good Fridays? They get seafood. Yeah. yeah. No, I did um garlic prawns, so mm. that was Delicious. that was tasty. Yeah. I love that. Sam, I actually cooked some prawns last week and I made such a big batch that I had to eat them over the next like two and a half days. <laughs> I know. I just... <laughs> you can't leave. Yeah, well, it, it was like shelling the prawns, then having to freeze the... It sucked that Good Friday was the day after bin day because I have to freeze the prawn shells <laughs> now for the next so week the... until oh, the no. bins... Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't stink up the place. So, and then I, I got to make sure I remember to take that out as well. Uh huh. Oh well, yeah. Adulting one hundred and one, right there. I know. Trying to be a grown up. It's new, isn't it? <laughs> it's not nice. fun. <laughs> so, how are you guys going with it all? With being at home and like, I'm understanding some of us are living in our own, or with like some. Some people like in share houses and stuff like that. Like I personally share my space with a friend. And then how have you been keeping yourself busy? I mean, I guess like the cooking, it sounds like Sam especially got really into it. Um, Yeah. But what else have you guys been doing? Like Jack, you've been quiet for a bit. Want to tell us what you've been doing to keep yourself occupied? So I I personally live alone. Um, 
my dad was living here for like a couple months earlier in the year, but he went back home to mm -hmm. Hong Kong um, yeah. a bit over a month ago. So I've been mainly alone, um, but I'm actually enjoying it quite a lot. And something that's actually um, kind of surprised me that is a positive thing that's come out of this whole isolation situation is um, mm -hmm. I'm reconnecting with a lot of friends from school who also play games, but in the past we haven't really had a chance to all play together because a lot of us have other friends or other things on um, during the week. But now that mm -hmm. everyone's at home, we um, we call most nights, which is something that I think is a really nice thing to do. And it's nice to be able to um, reconnect with some people who you haven't really spoken to for even like a couple of years. That's amazing. So actually, I feel like that's the positive of this, like having the chance to reconnect, even the four of us being able to call right now, like two months ago, that wouldn't really be possible. I feel like all of us would have only mm -hmm. like random gaps that we have free and then just no one has time. And now we now we all clearly do yeah. feel a little bit more connected. <laughs> I don't exactly have a busy schedule yeah. at the moment. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> not that many places to be, not that many things to do. No, I was just gonna say when you messaged me saying, Oh, what times are you free over the next three days? I was sort of just like, I feel like it's better if you just ask me what times I'm not free. And it's like <laughs> one one hour slot on Tuesday. <laughs> Every other time it was pretty flexible. <laughs> um but I guess uh one good thing that uh I've so one of my jobs is tutoring still at my residential college. Um, mm -hmm. tutoring like uni subjects, so I've still been able to do that. What are you which tutoring? has been sort of good. Um, so me and Jack are both actually tutoring introductory micro just for two different groups. Uh -huh. It's such a large um, cohort like of people my, right at my residential college, yeah, that does the subject, mm -hmm. and then as well as that introductory macro, and then uh, also a few students from um, another university who are doing similar subjects. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but I'm basically just doing consults, so just like one on one tutoring. With them when they need help um so it's sort of that's been good so still getting paid yeah um, you're making some money I'm, that's good yeah but i'm not spending any money at all i bought some books today which was like the first like amount of money i'd spent in quite a while that's um, which is one of the benefits <laughs> yeah yeah exactly necessity um but it's one of the good things about being home is just like um everything is very much just provided um much it's quite easy uh so i mean on top of that sort of just yeah like staying on top of uni um and as jack said just like sort of um staying in contact with people that maybe i wouldn't do normally sort of when i go home normally i'd probably stay in contact with like my closest friends but now mm -hmm. everyone's in the same sort of boat i found myself um reaching out and like sort of facetiming and messaging like a lot more people um mm -hmm. to like a lot and uh, as he said as well like friends um Maybe that I haven't talked to in a while just because our lives sort of diverged a bit um, in the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, and then still sort of trying to stay in shape. Got some weights back at home. Bought some like resistance bands. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. Learning how, to, learning how, to, yeah, learning how to jump rope. Do some tricks. <laughs> um, tricks. Yeah, keep, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm expecting staying. a video soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll make a YouTube video <laughs> montage of my um, jump rope um, tricks. Do I uh, how to how well, to? What video. does that look like? I'm having trouble imagining a jump rope trick. Um, so like there's ones like like a crisscross, which is basically when you cross your hands over 
and you skip, but with your hands now, like doing an X, like if you imagine your forearms doing like an X and sort of skipping like uh, that. Yeah. I um, you can do like, I had like a double. Okay. She's too good. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. Better <laughs> <laughs> be supportive. I'll just give up. <laughs> um, and like, I don't know, other things. I can't remember, like, I can't remember what, they have a bunch of really random names and I don't really know what they're called, but just like other things like, um, if you try and um, like you do like steps, then you try and do um, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but yeah, just like random things. You'd be surprised like how much you can find if you have a lot of spare time on the internet. Um, That's so, actually yeah. really cool. I'm low key thinking about buying a jump rope and you should. It's, it's like you you underestimate how much like energy it takes to to do it. Five it, minutes yeah, of that, like, it, yeah. You're, you're using a lot of your body because you're using like your calves specifically, and then your arms to keep mm. rotating, and then your, your core has to remain like um, pretty solid at the same time. So it's a good I'm dynamic convinced. exercise. Yeah, I've convinced you. I remember so, watching a Disney. I remember watching a oh, Disney Channel blue. movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was that it? The blue. jump rope. The, yeah, yeah. Mm. The double Dutch. King Great movie. Whatever. <laughs> yeah it's like the most standard movie about like a boy who like wants his dad wants him to play basketball but he wants to do like a more feminine sport in this case it's like keep probing and then he's like really good yeah. at it. Like, where his passion is then his dad's like nah you gotta play basketball and then yeah <laughs> Very good brilliant movie. film i'm glad someone else knew what i was talking about <laughs> that disney film what is it called um i want to say like um like, uh, I think it will jump in, maybe. Yeah, I think it's jump that in. Sounds... Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. Maybe. I recommend... Actually, it's I about feel like, like it's competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we've got a couple oh, of yeah. film clients here. Yeah, exactly. Only the elite films for me. <laughs> I'm sure it's on Disney Plus if you guys wanted to give it a watch. Oh my god, yeah, true. You've got plenty of time to watch it. Yeah, for sure now. But I'm no, also finding should. like I've watched so many I've been watching at one point like one movie a day or two movies a day and I was like, okay, my mind is going numb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, TV shows as well. It's like good it's, in moderation. Because a lot of the streaming services have like added a lot of stuff because mm. they have such high viewership at the moment that they're able to have, um, I guess they can purchase more movies under their yeah. platforms. So I know Netflix specifically in April bought like a huge array of um, movies and TV shows. They so... had all the Studio Ghibli films up as well, or a lot of Studio Ghibli, which was yeah. nice to see. Mm-hmm. Oh, Big good. fan. Quite yeah. yeah, I guess they have to adapt to what's going on. And Sam, how about you? What have you been doing apart from your delicious cooking? Or it sounds delicious, I guess. I haven't personally seen it. What else have you been up to? Um, <laughs> just trying to keep like as normal a schedule as possible. Um, like I'll wake up and go grab a coffee from the local um, coffee shop, which is like 100 meters away, and come back and I'll just re... Um, read The Economist or something with breakfast and have my coffee. Oh, that's so classy. And then, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. But it's just like normal schedule. It's like the best thing I can do at the moment, mm-hmm. I think, for my me- my mental health. And then um, 
I do like my food shops every day. So I'll go pick something up for dinner every day. So that way I can get out of the house for at least mm, like half an hour. I've been just walk, to walk to the local. I'm doing like a once in two. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too, Olga. Well, uh, I'm not. I, I, because sh- I just need to get out of the house, get some fresh That's air. True. And I feel like Coles is a good excuse. And I like, if you go, they're so careful there. They're doing a really great job. Like um, washing everything down, and um, all the protect. Like there was a line to even get into Barclay Square, the shopping center. I mm-hmm. go to. You had to line up out the front before they'd let you oh, in, wow. um, just to minimize numbers in there. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're being very careful. So it's good. That's yeah, good. I definitely feel the need to go on walks and stuff like that. Like I've, that's what I've been doing for like my one hour of outside exercise. I just go on like a little walk around the city or like in a park. That helps mm. so much. Like, I literally find that on the days that I don't, I feel a lot more down. I guess, like, my brain needs a bit of oxygen. Yeah, it definitely, definitely does make a difference, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Being able to get out, get some sun. Yeah, for me personally, like, during this time, is like, what I've been trying to do is also, like, kind of what Sam does. Like, having a bit of a routine to keep me in sort of normal state of mind like yeah exactly like i love taking my time for breakfast sometimes i like literally have two breakfasts because i just enjoy it so much so i'll have like one when i just wake up and then another one that's sort of like a brunch mm, so that's been helping yeah. me to like focus on food and i try to make it all aesthetic and like just enjoyable and like i'll have a candle for like when we have dinner and stuff like that just to make it all like feel nice and i feel like these meals like space out my day so that's been so so helpful so helpful and i also well, how are you guys finding so um yeah mm-hmm. sorry how are you guys how are you guys finding scheduling your uni and sticking to like a good routine uh you're not you're not getting behind so with lectures difficult. and that sort of thing yeah, yeah I'm, I really uni's probably been the hardest thing yeah uni's probably been the hardest thing to find motivation for right now um, yeah, it's just like just really difficult. I have literally almost none left compared to what I normally have. Yeah, I think it's, it's yeah. sort of it's sort of just because like now that time is just has lost all its value. Like t- time is like the only thing we have nowadays in surplus. Whereas we're sort of used to a lifestyle where it's constantly balancing, um, you know, our social activities, sport, um, commitments, work, and then on top of that, you have uni. Mm-hmm. So when you sort of sit down, you sort of have a far greater amount of urgency in the work you're doing. So you're like, oh, I really actually need to do work now because if I don't do it now, I won't be able to do it later. Whereas now I feel like it's sort of a combination of like it doesn't really feel like it's hard to get motivated because it just feels like a joke in sort of a way, like how we're still doing uni and we're still somehow going to do exams and somehow get a, you know, a weighted average mark dependent on all these subjects. Yeah. And then also, like, we have so much time that it's like you sit down, you're like, well, I can just do this at any other time today or tomorrow. Mm, yeah. That's true. There's just no urgency at so, all. So, Duncan, you say think, you feel how like are you going with the t- one Oof. sec, Sam. Wait, Duncan, you said, like, time has lost value. So what do you mean by that? Just explain. Well, I think it just lost, like, so how much time means to you, I think, is very dependent on, like, how much you fill your days with events and activity and commitments, I guess. So... Mm-hmm. When you're, people always say like, oh, like my time is precious. And like, it's a really like conceited thing to say. Cause like, oh, like my time's worth more than yours, which is why I can't like meet with you. But mm-hmm. it's very relative to like how much spare time you'd have in a given day. Mm-hmm. And like, 
I don't know, particularly with me this year, it's just it's been incredibly hard to have spare time just because I always like to have a routine of like having going being able to go to the gym every day, um, being able to like see my friends for a certain amount of time a day, mm-hmm. eat my meals and then do university. So then your spare time essentially is like a very limited amount of time in a day and you know you want to have it. So when you're doing university work, you sort of have a commitment that I need to do this task by, or at least this is for me, like a lot of people leave other things like last minute and they will just like leave it to, to how much time they know they need. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I like to have like a routine of like doing X amount of uni a day, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then, so it sort of means that every minute you're not doing uni when you should be doing it, it's like, it's very, it just feels more, it affects you in more of a way because you feel like you're being way less um, productive just because you know that you, it's going to be very hard to make up that minute you know in the future whereas nowadays it's like if I don't do uni work now I could literally do it in like any other time slot that I have because I, I have no commitments at all so it sort of just feels like this period now just isn't that valuable I can forego it pretty easily whereas normally it's like I've booked in that sort of time for the day uh, okay um, yeah like the the time that you have now is feels a bit like you have more spare times so then you value each moment less is that sort of what you mean yeah yeah like yeah so like you value the time itself so like you'll have like moments here and there with like your family and like you'll value them a lot but it's sort of like those yeah those moments where you're not really doing anything and that time that you're not really spending doing anything productive you don't really feel like it's a massive like i guess opportunity cost would be like a good way of looking at it mm-hmm. um like if you do anything other than uni work it doesn't feel like the opportunity cost of not doing uni is that great compared to usual i don't know about you guys and how's the time difference Mm -hmm. oh sorry i was just gonna ask how the time difference was for you duncan um well only so it's it was originally three hours when i first Mm -hmm. got here before daylight savings ended, which was pretty rough because i yeah normally have a 10 a 10 a which turned to a 7 a.m which is quite horrendous um, yeah and especially because i'm someone who like i wake up and i normally like to like have a full cooked breakfast um and sort of have a shower so like that's i don't know i'm not i'm not a morning morning person at all i've sort of had a routine of waking up at, like 9 a.m mm-hmm. which isn't too bad i know like a lot of people have a lot worse but um like i'm pretty consistent with, like a 9 a.m wake up at, like at the latest mm-hmm. yeah, um it's pretty early so yeah, that was. So it's it's been all right now that it's only two hours. It's still manageable, but it is definitely weird. Like, especially dinner time because it's like I have dinners quite early, and then a lot of people want to do things at like seven p.m. Melbourne time, like to FaceTime or to have meetings and whatnot. And for me, that's five p.m. And then we have dinner at home, like at like six p.m. A lot. So it's just like a really weird, like yeah, um, awkward amount of time almost that it makes everything like if they want to meet like like two or three, then it's like oh that's sort of um going to like when i have lunch i don't know just like weird things like that i guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah just the schedule yeah, aspect, right yeah okay so, just, like it, it is weird so yeah. to introduce a bit of a break in in our convo we're gonna do a little rapid fire um questions interview section so are you guys ready yeah yeah all right sam email or letter uh, email. It's just much more efficient these but days. Burger or taco? Uh, burger. Easy. Well, Love a burger. <laughs> work hard or play hard? Play hard. Mm, phone call or text? 
Text. Dog or cat? Dog. Okay, Jack, your turn, Eddie. All right. At what age do you want to retire? Uh, 30. Oh, wow, that's early. <laughs> okay, I mean, that'd be ideal. I want to retire at 30. I'll probably retire at like 65. <laughs> well, you never know. All right, let's keep going. Cake or pie? Ooh, pie. Big dogs or small dogs? Medium. <laughs> texting or talking? Uh, texting. Favorite day of the week? Uh, I think Saturday's a good day. All right, Duncan, your turn. Ready? How yeah. often is it healthy to cry? <laughs> um, once a week. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't really. That's a very hard question, actually. Have you ever tasted soap? I think everyone has accidentally at some point where they've eaten something that they've just washed in the sink and then you sort of forget that you didn't rinse it. <laughs> I think I have, yeah. Train or plane? 100% plane. Oh, say again, you're breaking up. Uh, 100% would be a plane. <laughs> All right, meat or vegetables? Meat. Ice coffee or hot coffee? <sighs> I think hot coffee. Uh, plastic or paper? Paper. All right. Cool. So let's jump back into the conversation. How did the fire round feel? Get you guys on your toes? Good. Yeah. Yeah, I think I won. <laughs> um, I did really well. You got all of them right, Sam. <laughs> was it? Yeah, I got all of them right. I was really happy there. I feel like I got off a bit easier than you two. Duncan. Definitely dunk that first question, <laughs> really. I was like, what the heck? What the heck? Oh, <laughs> Where did that come from? Threw him under the bus there. Or paper. Dogs or cats? How many times do you like to cry on that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry Loaded. about that. What's the most disturbing thing you've ever seen, Duncan? <laughs> yeah. When was the last time you cried and why? Explicitly Relive a traumatic <laughs> memory for us. <laughs> All right. Wow. It was quite funny. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. 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 Um, all right, so now that we've kind of had our chit-chat introductions, let's go into the actual topic that we're thinking of talking about. So the topic we decided to bring in um, for today was the corporate world, things we love, things we hate, and things, I guess, like how we'd like to see it or things we'd like to see develop in it. So to start us off with a question, we're all studying commerce, right? So like, what is business to you guys? Like, how would you define it? Anybody feel free to jump in on that one. I'll let one of you guys take this. Define <laughs> define business. Yeah, say? like what is business yeah. to you? Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I think I, I think, think business what... is a way of getting something done, isn't it? It's like a means to an end, I would say. Uh, and some people would argue that it's kind of like a necessary evil. If you want, you know, if you want to be able to buy things or you want to be able to get your hair cut or deposit money somewhere, you're going to need all these different businesses. Um, and I think like our modern society is definitely built around it, right? Yeah, I think I think I'd agree. But 
it's like a very particular, not very particular, but it's it maybe a somewhat particular means to an end. Like there's a lot of ends that you can get without having a business, but I think it just it's very when you have anything that's transactional, um, essentially whether it's free. And a lot of people argue that nothing's free, but if you have like even free um, services or goods being provided, anything that sort of entails that transaction Someone would somewhat turn into right? business. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I guess because like, a lot of negative connotations, is, I guess, no, maybe not businesses because maybe corporations would be more negatively skewed in terms of its perception. But um, business just seems, I think people sort of just, automatically think like suits and ties and um, money signs, I guess. But often there's a lot more than that. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's like small businesses which are heavily promoted these days and like positive, like my local coffee shop, small business run by a lovely um, lady, like super friendly. So that's business. But then you also have like banks and stuff, which are kind of the I guess more publicized form of business these days, and the one mm. that gets a lot of scrutiny. Mm-hmm. I think one of the funny things is when you um, introduce yourself to someone and you tell them you're studying commerce, and they go, "Oh, like so you're, yeah. you're like, you just want money, right?" Is yeah. that not true? hundred percent. I think. It, I think it's. I mean, I love money. <laughs> I think we it, all it want is, money. It's true, but I think, like at the end of the day, everyone need like money is what literally everything revolves around the world nowadays like it's it's the it's the cause of the best and worst things about life like you know on the one hand it causes corruption um you know financial crimes um you know wealth inequalities but then also you can there's so many opportunities that are created by how you distribute wealth within the society and it's basically as jack said it's a means to an end like it essentially just distributes opportunities within sort of the community so i think when people say they're studying commerce yeah like a lot of people who don't study commerce just automatically perceive this sort of like um i used to always think of like suits the tv show and um just like stockbrokers and like you just you really just want money for yourself and like i would say i like i'm so fascinated by money and i love money and obviously like many people like a vast majority of people you'd want to be able to have a significant amount of money in your future so that you can sustain a certain lifestyle for you and your future children or whatever. But I think it's so much of also thinking like I, I'm just so fascinated by the way that it works because it literally dictates and defines so much about how um, everything happens within the world. And like even just looking at coronavirus now, it's like so much the argument, like 50% of the argument is just, is always about, Oh, how is this going to affect the economy? Because at the end of the day, that determines if people have jobs, if people, sorry, if people have businesses, which then means if people have jobs, are they still getting paid? Can they then still have their house? Can they still pay off their mortgage? Can their children still love, live under a roof? Can they still like go to school? Can they still feed their children? And then can these people, can these children then grow up to have careers? Like it's just, it's such an influential factor that I guess it is, of course, like it's so much more than just wanting money, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, really hard to do anything these days without money. Like, unless you're taking, like, the Ted Kaczynski approach of, like, just going and living in the woods and um, not, like, going completely off the grid. But, like, not everyone can. If everyone went off the grid, like, it would just completely fall apart. 
There'd be a new so it, money's grid super important. <laughs> grid being like no, it you say it will government eyes. Ah, uh, society will fall apart. Like, like I couldn't imagine everyone being able to do that. But that's just a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, money's so important. Like people talk about how you shouldn't. Um, consider money when looking for a career you should do something you're passionate about but i think mm. money is an How important can you not? consideration yeah like like if you can find something that you're passionate about and pays well fantastic but i think even just finding something you enjoy or something that you know you like and pays well is just as good um because you need money to just survive and enjoy yourself it's sort of how like the world we yeah, live in. sort of how like society evaluates you for the contribution that you make. You know, it always pissed me off when at school a teacher would be like, do you only care about grades? I'm like, well, you give me a grade, so you kind of make me care about it. Exactly. Like yeah. money sort of a similar concept, but like on a larger scale, it's like this is how someone perceives the value of what you do. And this is how you can exchange that value for something else that someone else created. I think it's one of the conflicting things for young people like us. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm definitely like have strong values against like um, trying to mitigate climate change and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. or trying to um, help prevent like wealth inequality um, and poverty. But then at the same time, I'm doing a commerce degree and I'm hoping to get like a big job where I can make, you know, six figures. Um, yeah. Like it, it, it's the ideal situation. And well, uh, I guess, both, like, right? I, I'm lucky. Mm. I mean, I'm lucky in the that sense that I really enjoy that. economics. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Go what was that, Sam? I was just saying, like, I'm lucky in the sense that I, like, really enjoy economics mm. and I really enjoy yeah, studying too. it and seeing the applications it has in the world. So getting a job in that field would be ideal for me and it tends to um, pay better and all that, like, just finance jobs in general tend to pay better. So, yeah, it's it's lucky in that regard. Have you got any specific sure. application of economics in the real world that you're interested in? Um, I like economic modeling, mm -hmm. like looking at that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of the main one for me, seeing how they model um, like behavioral economics. Uh, probably not something I'd study, but I do find that quite interesting. Why um, you just the idea of how people respond. Because uh, I'm more interested in the mathematical economics as opposed to um, like the, the uh, psychology of economics. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd rather do um, that, like the more fixed side of economics because that's, that's what I enjoy. Fun. But I definitely find behavioral interesting. Yeah, interesting that you say that it's also something you enjoy. So right in the end, it is important to to pursue something that you you find fun yeah i think similarly with finance a lot of the time when we think of finance we think of stockbrokers or people who are you know market makers making a lot of money for themselves um but i think uh one subject i took last semester i think duncan you took it as well was personal finance and that's much more yeah. focused at like how can we help individuals manage their money and manage their retirement. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, and yeah. I think that's something that's important to remember. Like, just because um, 
like yes finance is about money and how to make money and how to manage it but a lot of it also comes down to like the personal aspect and how can we help individuals um you know enjoy a better quality of life yeah and i think that's uh, something that i thought was quite interesting mm -hmm. yeah like whether people like or not like at so like at, throughout your entire life finance like your finances is something that you're constantly gonna have to think about like as olga said it's like your mark during high school um it's just like inevitable that it's you're gonna be something in your mind so it's, like, i think studying it is just so handy because you know this information like personal finance for example it's gonna be so valuable um that's really later in the years when you're playing like your your super your mortgage and whatnot mm -hmm. um it's just a very convenient Super sort of, to clarify for anyone who's not in Australia. Yeah, yeah, it's like an incredibly practical. Yeah, so it's basically just like the retirement scheme, like instead of pensions, sort of you give you a superannuation. Um, so it's incredibly valuable, practical sort of um, stuff mm -hmm. to know. Yeah, practical. Definitely. Okay. And then shifting a little bit away from the definition of business, I feel like we have a, a lot of ideas about it. And I don't know if we actually nailed it to like a very clear one sentence, which is maybe even good, makes you feel like business is a diverse field that has lots in it. Um, but maybe something to come back to actually. Um, but also about corporate world, and that's kind of also something we talked about like as a topic. So what is the corporate world to you guys? Because like to start off, for me, the corporate world is just like um, all the organizations and people and like tools that are kind of part of making things work in the world. Like, for example, like right now I'm sitting in my bed wrapped up in a blanket. So to make that blanket, like a lot of things had to happen, right? It had to be like designed, sourced, blah, 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 made somewhere and then brought to a shelf, marketed to me, and then I had to finally make the transaction pay for it. So for me, like the corporate world is sort of like the people and the organizations behind making things happen. What about you guys? Um, yeah, I, I like would probably have a similar definition. It's sort of just like the people, organizations, businesses um, that sort of act as like the almost the skeleton for everything, every good or service you have ever bought and that you will ever purchase in the future. Just because everything you think of in your house, there's been a million things that have mm -hmm. happened to get to that final good of service. But at the end of the day, it started from someone's office somewhere in the corporate mm -hmm. world. Um, so it's sort of like the start to every journey of every good of service that you, you have or have ever or will ever purchase, um, if that's even for an amount of money or just trading or, um, but yeah, I guess that's probably pretty similar definition. I think I'd even add yeah, I... to that, that um, the corporate world really relies on the, the people and the workers who are like involved in it. And yeah, a lot of the time we think of them as just like cogs in a bigger machine. Mm -hmm. But I think that this um, pandemic situation has really shown that like if any of those cogs stop working, uh, you know, the whole economy can go down the toilet. And um, it really shows the power of like individuals in such a, in like even an economy as advanced as Australia's or, you know, the other developed nations around the world. Yeah, I guess corporate world to me, slightly differently, is just uh, an environment where the the main focus is work. Mm -hmm. That kind of that's your priority in that 
in the corporate world, everyone there who is there is prioritizing work above a lot of other things. And it's a form of professionalism and all that involved with just focusing on making profits and um, doing the best you can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Super interesting. That's how I see it more personally. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I view it at least. So talking about kind of business and the corporate world, what are some things from your guys' perceptions or experiences or ideas that you really hate about it? Um, I guess I would say it's just a very – it often feels – I know a lot of people feel like this. It's like it's very – can it be times like a very restricted entry. Like it's not an easy exit – enter, sorry – entrance to get into the corporate world because while you're in high school and university often it feels like this like mythical sort of um other like world that you're just constantly you want to be in and you like you know that you end up there one day but it's just it's just trying to get in there because for a lot of jobs and internships that i feel like i've applied for it's just like it's so hard it's um, really competitive. Mm-hmm. Get in there without any experience at all. So it feels Chicken like egg. almost once you're in there, it's not hard at all to stay there. But to get in there in the first place is a very big leap to make. And I'm doing a lot of like group interviews and assessment centers. Like, so you talk to, talk to so many people and they talk about like the, the like fast array of internships that they, they've done, they're doing, or the jobs they have off the side. And it just feels like it's such a uh, like a sort of step below if you don't have any of that experience yeah so i think it's it's very and it can be very dehumanizing in that sense because for a lot of like the jobs you apply for you're just like a name on a page that no one really cares about um and often just can be a lucky dip so i think it's just i don't know it can be very easy to get like almost a quite um a resentful sort of attitude towards it because it's something you really want to be part of but it's hard to Mm -hmm. do that um very early stages in definitely life, that's how i feel i 100 agree with you so Duncan. much that's literally yeah. what i hate about it it's like i really hope i could just see it be a little bit more like human and a little bit more empathetic and kind of like authentic as well i feel like so much of it is like people acting arrogant when they actually don't have that much to back them up or like people using others yeah when they like when the people they're using don't have a choice stuff like that that just really bothers me the thing i find annoying is when you spend like three or four hours you know filling out their poorly designed um job application <laughs> and then doing the quiz and then doing like a personality test and then doing uh, a case study thing and then doing a online interview and then they send you like a one-line email saying like sorry you didn't meet our requirements mm, so like a yeah, lack of thanks, any thanks, sort mate. of respect to be honest like they try to seem like it but it's honestly yeah it's definitely degrading like what duncan touched upon it's like you feel like you're not good enough or like somehow you don't yeah you don't live up to their standard whatever that is because they never make it clear either. and you have no idea what it is yeah, right yeah because don't tell you what tell you what bit you perform poorly on yeah mm-hmm. i wouldn't I mind like if a... they said like you didn't do well in the quiz or your personality didn't match but the the fact that they don't give you any kind of feedback makes it really challenging mm. to keep motivated to apply something that helped me a lot with this is like getting rejected and understanding that you got rejected not because like they personally hate you but just because the specific job they got isn't for you and in the long run probably is better because like 
you would probably not be in your place. Like maybe you'd hate and you wouldn't enjoy it. But then again, I did. So I do have a bit of internet interning experience. And like I did have some experiences when I was like just looking at the clock, waiting for things to be done. Like I really like I was okay with what I was doing, but I, I really wasn't that passionate about it. And it really made me think like, look, I could never dedicate the rest of my life to sitting on this chair right here. Like that was a pretty strong realization. And almost like for some of the jobs that I didn't get or some of the internships I didn't get, I'm like, maybe in the end that low-key low saved them and me time because I wouldn't been wouldn't have been the most productive person because I just wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. But then again, sometimes you like feel so passionate. You're like, this is definitely what I'd love to do. And this is, I feel like I'd be perfect. And they're like, yeah, actually, nah. <laughs> it's hard to bring the opportunity, yeah. the opportunities for it, right? Mm. Yeah, but then also I just feel like often, like it's so easy for like them just knowing like how much how many employees they have and how much work they have to mm-hmm. do. Like inevitably hiring like interns like for the vacation programs they want like in the scheme of things wouldn't really be putting that much effort into who they mm-hmm. choose. So often it feels like like it's it's sort of like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if you don't get it, you just go in this like spiraling like self destructive thoughts like oh why am I not good enough for this? I'm never going to get any opportunities. Mm-hmm. And then even and then you sort of think about the people they are picking. Often they're just picking people or it just feels like, and you can assume that on like almost a whim, like how they have so many applicants, they have thousands of applicants and they're narrowing it down so mm-hmm. much that the things that would differentiate just like a few people and that could include you would be such a small, like just like one thing that you said in that one assessment center or just literally a bias that the interviewer had. Like the the presence of bias as well, it, just, it means like you know that, either like your first impression or just like Mm -hmm. your um, ethnicity or your gender would have played a role in that. You know that like there's so many times in your, this process where it could have just been that one small thing that prevented you from getting that opportunity. And it's almost like disheartening as well in that Mm -hmm. sense. Um, But yeah. Okay. So we definitely all feel quite a lot of negative things regarding the restricted entry and the application process for jobs and internships and stuff like that. Is there anything else you guys feel yeah. very negatively about in the corporate world or in business? I know we touched on it earlier, but I think the focus on profits mm-hmm. over anything else is just something I guess like morally I feel quite conflicted about. Mm-hmm. I, like I was talking about how like I of course I want to make as much money as possible but <laughs> the way like like just with the banking commission recently like looking at all the corners they were wi- so willing to cut just to earn a few extra dollars like A and Z um like just the earning earning all this doing all this dirty illegal stuff mm-hmm. for their shareholders mm-hmm. um like the data mining and all that, I think it was. And then um, the shareholders finding out, like stocks plummeting, shareholders then getting angry at them for them trying to make them extra money and demanding all this stuff. It's just a very strange, um, very strange part of the process that I'm not a fan of, yeah. How everything is about profit and nothing else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Profit as being the focus is kind of... Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think even the environmental impact of these companies mm. is something that yeah. a lot of the time they won't consider. 
I know like some consulting companies that I've spoken to people from, mm -hmm. um, nope, they fly flex, like okay. all the time. Like they'll fly from city to city like two or three times a week. And, you know, that adds up if it's like 10 or 15 consultants every single week flying. Mm, all the traveling. And that's kind of the big part of the job, right? That's the reason a lot of people apply for it because they want to yeah, travel. Exactly. Actually, something that Sam brought up that I thought was really, really interesting and the fact of making as much money as possible. So right now they were all kind of like on the low end, right? Like Duncan said, there's this whole restricted entry, the mythical world that you want to be in and that you somehow have to make your way into. So once you guys are in it, when would you think you've made enough money? I think, I don't think I've ever, like I think there'll obviously be a point where I'm, have like a comfortable income but I don't think I'm going to be able like I don't think I will in the future be measuring my progress and okay we're back on so just to clarify I think we had a bit of a connection issue and I think it happened because I actually moved from my bed onto my floor and I think the internet connection might have been a bit shittier mm, down there interesting <laughs> an interesting hypothesis <laughs> so yeah anyway we had to disconnect for a minute there but we're back on no problem Okay, where did we stop? Um, oh, we were talking about um, what income we'd be satisfied with. Um, I guess I'll finish off what I was saying. But I, I essentially was just saying, uh, I don't think that I don't think that would be a number for me um, throughout. Like, I think obviously there'll be a point where you're like, oh, I'm feeling more comfortable now financially um, with this income level. But I think the ultimate level of progress will be defined by the work that I'm doing and making sure that like, I think one thing for me, and I'm sure for a lot of you guys, um, if not everyone, it's like making sure that what I'm doing is having some sort of positive impact on like community and that I was able to have to leave something behind, I guess that I'm sort of proud of. And if I'm mm -hmm. sort of in this, in this situation that I'm feel quite static in my career and that's not going to happen, I feel like that's when I'll probably need to like, change my career or just like branch out i think as long as i'm progressing it doesn't mm -hmm. have necessarily be upwards it can be horizontally and not vertically but just mm -hmm. changing what i'm doing to sort of match what i what effect i want to have in the community i guess yeah. and also to keep it interesting right yeah exactly exactly learning yeah. feeling proud of your work keeping it interesting oh could not agree more i feel like money honestly is kind of like comes really not at the forefront at least for me in my decision making i feel like i definitely just want to feel fulfilled at the end of the day and i want to feel like i'm making somewhat of an impact with whatever i'm doing that's positive yeah i also think it's yeah. pretty easy for us to say that because we could we go to a good uni and we're <clears throat> we're probably guaranteed a spot mm -hmm. with reasonably good pay um so I think I think that's something that we're we're quite lucky to have. Like we don't have to really consider whether we can put the next meal on the table. Mm, yeah, definitely. Definitely, I think it's such a privilege to be able to even have this conversation. You know, because yeah. I feel like so many people don't get to think about it just because that's not a priority. Like if you have to worry about providing for your family, for yourself, like supporting someone. You're not going to really think of, oh, like how much of a positive impact am I making in the world? Like that's very idealistic and almost naive to have that mindset. Yeah. Like I think it's, it's very, it, it is a very privileged position to be, like to be able to pursue your aspirations and your 
individual interests is a very privileged thing to do and like we're so able to do it given our upbringing and where we live and how um how much income our parents have and whatnot and i think that ultimately will definitely sort of seep into our future so i think it is very yeah like in if you step back and like look at it from like other people's perspectives that's like a very privileged ability to like sort of have i guess um Mm -hmm. because a lot of people like essentially that they will have to forego and like it may be us but um it's more likely not to be us i guess to have to forego um doing something we're really passionate about and interested in just to be able to make ends meet and just sort of have um a lifestyle at all i guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's a very interesting thing to think about and like how sort of that seeps into like how corruption affects a lot of societies this often does affect the lower economically developed countries because you know you sort of do whatever it takes to make ends meet because they're not as secure in in their lifestyle i guess yeah exactly Mm -hmm. i also feel like i don't know i feel like i noticed this maybe from some like more higher up the hierarchy professions professionals that i got to talk to that it's like they don't necessarily prioritize thinking about these things or they don't have time mm. like if you've got a project deadline you've got like a cranky client demanding things that they're paying money for like you're not really gonna dedicate that much time to these reflections and it kind of makes me sad i'm like i feel like i'm definitely gonna fall down that loop at some point mm. and i don't want to have to regret it yeah yeah i think like for me personally my goal is just to get to a position where I have investments and I have all that. So I know I'm financially secure, I do, but I don't think I'd ever want to stop working. Like I think uh, an issue I've noticed a lo- is that like people tend to um, stop working very quickly, go straight into retirement. It's like, what do they do in retirement? Yeah, exactly, yeah. There was, yeah, um, uh, there was, a, yeah, well, there was a study about, um, dad was my dad was telling me um, mm-hmm. about it was people retiring from the military at the mm-hmm. mandatory cutoff date. It was like fifty, and like a large number of them were dead by fifty-five. Like they had nothing else to do. <gasps> with oh this God. was like a long time ago when he was involved in the military. But it's just like when you retire, what do you do? So I think I'd like to get to a stage where I'm financially secure. I've worked at a job I'm enjoying, but then do something maybe a bit more philanthropic or um, like that, maybe like go... Be able to just work a couple of days a week or whenever yeah, you feel working, like, instead of yeah, maybe like a slave to the clock. Yeah, working a couple of days a week at a not, not-for-profit or something like that um, where you get to do something like where you can see how you're benefiting the world more directly. Um and then have the rest of the week to yourself to do things you want to do. I think that's ideally where I'd like to get at, get to. Do you guys think the situation we're in right now, where we're at home with like the necessities provided for us, more or less like comfortable? Do you guys think that's a mini simulation of a retirement? <laughs> yeah. Nah, I think I'd be going out way more in retirement. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I'd with uh i want to have like a how i met your mother style situation where i'm just at the pub yeah every night mm-hmm. with a few mates <laughs> i love just getting drunk every night yeah definitely. i'm more of the idea of having more time though maybe not necessarily the restriction of having to stay 
in a lot and avoiding people mm. by yeah. but more of just having that time on your hands yeah but it i think it definitely like, makes you yeah. realize the value of having something you have to do like work or you yeah yeah that's yeah like, like even was saying the free time is more valuable when you don't have yeah, exactly yeah you enjoy it so much more like i've noticed this particularly with my sister who was working um for a company in melbourne pretty like somewhat large company um mm-hmm. and she so she wanted to go to england because she just wanted to like change up everything so she mm-hmm. basically she still works in technically but like isn't like, contracted at the moment um mm-hmm. and she's come back to perth because she was going to go fly to england but then obviously that's been thrown to the side um and she has literally like, nothing to do with her time she's like trying to do some research with this professor from the local university mm-hmm. um but she is just finding like yeah like now more than ever i think people are realizing like having like a lot of spare time isn't really as enjoyable as you think it is because like it's, it's it's sort of like when you don't have it you really want it but then as soon as you actually have it you don't want it like it's an awful sort of like relationship to have it seems like whenever you want spare time you can't get it but then uh-huh. you know you get to like this situation it's like the worst it's like the worst situation possible it's a um, bit of human nature as well there. yeah exactly <laughs> and i think like another thing i was going to say is like she um i think she found with um well like so when i was around her with her work friends I was sort of like we were just like at a ref, like at a bar on the weekend or something after mm-hmm. maybe not like not after work maybe just like on the weekend and I don't know I, I was just like at the bar with them and like they were all talking about work and I just I think like while retirement is like really um, would be really enjoyable obviously for like a lot of reasons but I think like in that time of your life I think having a lot of like things to do as Jack and Sam have said and then like having sort of a meaning to your life whatever that means um, and then making like friends from that and having like a network what does and... meaning mean yeah um but yeah it's like having that sort of me life is so defined by your work because it's like how you make friends it's your network it's what you're doing on a day-to-day basis in your spare time like just going to the bar just would just be like uh, is just so much more enjoyable um because it, it is that time off i guess and it's like just the fact that it is time off no matter what you're doing it's just enjoyable because mm-hmm. it's a relaxing sort of um, return to maybe a more, like, chilled environment. Um, and that's, like, why my dad, uh, like, is really, really reluctant to retire because, like, a lot of what he, like, pretty much everything he does on a daily basis is defined by his work, like, who he talks to, his friends, um, his, um, that's, like, the physical things he's doing. So, yeah. yeah especially, especially for all your friends and people you work with. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. you have to like all organize to retire together. So yeah. that way you still had that network <laughs> and the pretender work. <laughs> yeah, go to someone's house and just like sit in your laptop. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I mean, my mom's planning. Um, she was talking about retiring soon, but she's like looking into all this other stuff, like being on boards and stuff. So she's setting up all this other stuff for her to do. Mm-hmm. Um, post retirement, just so that she stays busy. Um, because my dad's retired and he just mm-hmm. wanders around the house cleaning up and plays golf twice a week. Um, so he didn't really like do much post retirement and, um, he's gone a bit stir crazy. Well, I guess not now, but, um, yeah. So I think it's a good idea to just like set stuff up for post retirement so that you always stay busy. Maybe like, 
take up painting classes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Pottery mm-hmm. classes, like all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, setting Just up to for stay retirement. busy. What setting thought. up for retirement. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we've been talking a bit about the negatives, I guess, for a while. But what about the positives? What do you guys love about it? Like, why did you choose commerce? And maybe like two or three quick things that make you smile when you think of business and commerce. One thing for me um, that I learned just by um, going to a few of these like different companies doing talks at uni um, is that it's such a, it seems like such a diverse like workplace, at least in the companies that I did go and um, hear about. Then, then, then they have like a lot of people from different backgrounds, like they have science majors, they have some people with PhDs, they have engineers working there. Um, and I think uh, I would like to think that in the future I'd be able to bring my commerce like like my knowledge about economics and finance into a company like that might not necessarily be in that field but maybe um maybe a school or maybe uh, a university or even like a hospital or something like i think it'd be um quite a cool opportunity to be able to work in something not related to uh necessarily related to like economics or finance mm-hmm um i think yeah just being i feel like essentially like a lot of like the impact you can have often people are so limited by like the financial um i guess the financial like the requirement the financial requirements mm-hmm. so i think to a certain degree like working in finance is so unique in its ability to if you're working for a, a large enough company or with a large enough financial backing you know there's so much effect that you can have not that necessarily effect that you have in the community is limited by um your financial backing but it doesn't you know give you a greater platform to have a, a really strong effect and positive impact on the community i guess and it is a really exciting thing to think about um if you go like, far enough into the corporate world like you know that there is that going to be that opportunity mm-hmm. um, if you work hard enough i guess yeah, I think for me personally, what um, my appeal's always been is I just love um, I love economics and the world economy and how it's this like man-made thing that we have zero control over. I think that's really beautiful. Like looking at the way the markets fluctuate and all that, um, the way people try and predict stuff, but it's almost always wrong. Like an example was like two weeks ago when everyone thought the market would recover somewhat after Trump announced the bailout plan and then Mm. it just dived even further and everyone was like, oh my God, what happened? So I like, I really like that about economics. I think I find it so interesting that it's something people have created. Like it's not a natural thing, but yet there's no control over it whatsoever. It just does whatever it wants. That's that's what I've always, that's what drew me to economics, at least. Mm, the unpredictability. Okay, so I'm um, getting the positive aspect being like diverse backgrounds and different fields that you get involved in, as Jack mentioned. Then knowing that there will be opportunities to make a good, like a positive impact from Duncan's perspective. And then for Sam, it's the um, enticing nature of unpredictability in the in, of the economy that's been created by people but that people can't really control would you guys say that's it is there more i like um the venture 
venture capitals as well that give um, people a chance to follow something they're really passionate about, like funding that. I know they're a bit dirty, but the ones that like um, kind of out there just trying to help people who have an idea that they're passionate about and want to follow it. I, I like that about the, um, the financial side of it as well. Mm-hmm. So something I've been noticing is throughout our conversation, we keep getting back to this little undertone of like, nothing is free, um, necessary evil, a little bit dirty, all these things like, I don't know, what do you guys think this is coming from? Maybe we've been a bit jaded because of the uh, exposure as commerce students. Mm. Yeah, I think like you often, you know, when you analyze and you look at the history of economics and finance, I feel like a lot of what you look at is what went wrong. So like a lot of studies like in economics will always look at the GFC or in the future we'll look at the coronavirus now that's affected the economy. Um, it feels like we're always looking at um, what's gone wrong, like um, corruption in countries, and particularly at university, because I don't know, I think it's just, it seems, well, that's a lot of negativity bias, like, there's a lot of psychology behind it, it's like what you see yeah. on the media and on the news is going to be focused on what um, corporations are doing wrong. You know, it, it's, it's like, it's, uh, I started it recently, I had a subject called um, Motivation, Wellbeing, Performance, and basically sort of looks at, uh, the bias you have in journalism and the, and how even you have the same thing with like uh, um, studies like psychology um, that as a as a almost a faculty um, a study is is so much more based on what's wrong with humans rather than what's right mm-hmm. it's, it's like uh, it's like sixty six percent like roughly um, is focused on what's wrong I think is what they were saying and I think I think that same exact phenomenon it occurs like everywhere. That mm-hmm. it can, and particularly in, when you do commerce, it's just always looking at like what's going wrong, like where corruption is, where corporations are underpaying workers, or if there's a financial crisis. Mm-hmm. It just it just seems like people are way more interested in what corporations are doing wrong, what people are doing wrong, and what's not working. Um, I guess would probably like yeah con- contributing factor. And I like backing up on that. I think you have to like a lot of economic theory is in responses to stuff like Keynes wrote, um, wrote his whole, um, the Keynesian fiscal economic policy in response to the great depression. Um, Marx's economic theory was all in response to poverty and that. Mm. So I think economics is kind of built from, uh, responses to negativity. So they're, I think we carry negativity into the into economics with us as well, because yeah. you there's not policies on what to do if an economy there's not like anything people really actively do when an economy's booming. It's a lot more on like if the economy's heading into a recession, fis- yeah, fiscal policy, monetary policy, like all this stuff. Like how do we use it? How do we apply it? What can the governments do? So. I think there's a focus in economics in particular on negativity. Makes you think. 
yeah not much focus on, and it's yeah you're so right like we're always even the news and the the policies the laws a lot of laws are kind of like responses to something bad that's happened somewhere else or in that same place mm, yeah do you yeah, think, you, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say you get because I um had a friend recently, like they were talking about law mm-hmm. and how a lot of people like think about going to law, for example, saying the exact same thing. It's like, oh, but it's just so hard to stay pure if you do law, like looking at all the like corruption that occurs in law, and even just like looking at um the George Pell case recently, it's it's almost disheartening to think like there is no justice in the justice system in Australia and. I guess you you have the same thing with um, finance. A lot of people think that, like the people that get rich are just like dirty, corrupt people who mm-hmm. don't care about and uh, sort of dehumanize everyone who works for them. That's how they get successful is they just don't have that um, that compassionate um, mm-hmm. part of them, I guess. So I think yeah, like I, it's definitely a phenomenon that occurs a lot for like a lot of professions, not particularly to commerce, but it, it definitely does happen a lot in commerce because it it is yeah just because corruption particularly and just the personalities associated with success often are um, very, I guess, evil characters maybe. Uh, Jam, that makes me think. (laughs) Yeah, because, like, is there a way for us to carry positivity into the policies, into the businesses, like... Excuse me. Where you can all go into our careers with, you know, positive thinking and hoping that we can make a change. Um, I think that's, you know, the that's about all we can do, right? Yeah, I think just like even though we talk about the negativity, just making sure that the way we behave is in line with our morals and our ethics and our principles and just try and follow that as much as possible into the workplace, into the corporate environment. Um, just investing in like green investment, I think has been a great, mm-hmm. um, has been a great startup that people have, you know, like not going with banks and stuff that don't follow green investment. Mm. Like, um, so like avoiding to making choices yeah. consciously and that will influence in the end what's going on. Yeah, I think, like, the change just can't come from um, us. It has to come from, like, everyone in everyone as a whole to stop supporting companies that do behave this way mm. and causing yeah. this positive change. But how yeah. can we stop as everyone? I Like, leaving banks that don't like, um That was a big one was a lot of people moved to Melbourne Bank recently because they went green in their investment Mm -hmm. and especially after the whole banking um, crisis and um, all that. So people were like right on that and went to Melbourne Bank. So I think um, more people doing stuff like that and letting big companies know that they're not going to participate in them um, investing unethically. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like a we're all part of like a bigger um, thing and like obviously a lot of people feel like oh it's just me like my one consumption won't affect like the bigger picture but like obviously it's like the mindset that everyone needs to have that making sure that we're supporting businesses and in particular like, like now I guess the biggest emphasis during this crisis is like um, making sure that we 
support small businesses by still going like our local cafes and mm-hmm. grocery shops. Like I know my family still goes to locally local grocery mm-hmm. um, shop rather than going to the Woolworths because like at the end of the day we know that like biggest companies will be fine. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's definitely trying to look at our consumption and look at like the externalities associated with that consumption and ensure that like what we're consuming and where we're consuming it from more so I guess. Having um, more empathy. Yeah, exactly. Or just more even more thoughtful and more conscious. I think mm-hmm. is like the biggest thing, just knowing where your money's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, going to like a difference. Going to a yeah. lo- local bottle instead of Dan Murphy, even though it might be a bit bottle more expensive. for anyone who hears this who is an Australian is a like liquor store. <laughs> yeah. And Dan Murphy's a big company. Um yeah, like going to a local bottle shop instead of um, Dan Murphy or that just to help out, especially in times like this. Like uh, I like walked down Sydney Road yesterday, which is a very busy street, uh, usually a very busy street near where I live, and it was just empty. There was no one there. Like it felt like a ghost town. I was really uncomfortable. All mm-hmm. the stores were shut. So oh. now in particular – now in particular, just trying to help anyone that's still open or ordering online from places you used to go to, I think is the best thing we can do at the moment. I feel that so much with the empty streets. Like I mentioned, I go and like walks to the park and stuff. And sometimes I'm like creeped out. I'm like, where is everyone? But then actually some days like I go and there's all these cute people, little dogs and like there's kids playing. And I'm like, oh, look at all the humans emerging from their tablets and their phones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm, yeah but i think yeah from what you guys have said and i definitely support this like having a bit of a mindset that's a bit more maybe community minded and being a bit more conscious about what's maybe immediately around (coughs) you and what impact each action has because then if it's like even if you for example order something that's from um like from a large company you have a huge disconnect right from from whoever made it or whoever created it. But then if you exactly yeah. like go to your local someone, something, then it's like a bit of more of a connection. But then, yeah, I don't know. How, how can we do this? Because I feel like when we're applying for all these jobs, like that's not exactly what they promised to do for us. Like having a mindset of positivity or empathy, they're promising us the task and that's kind of it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard because like when you start off at a company, you're not going to be in a position to making these sorts of decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as you go along further, you'll just like have more opportunities to and to follow it. But I think it's more in your day-to-day life is where you can make the biggest changes at the moment. Mm-hmm. So that's where you need to put your focus, yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's what you think. Okay, cool. Jack, any thoughts on this? I think, I think um, adding on to what you said, Olga, I think you can sort of, try and suggest things and when things you see people doing stuff that you don't agree with or things that don't agree with um, your personal morals, I think that's the time to stand up. Yeah, that's a, that's a Mm. good point. Definitely. And apparently companies value this. Like I've heard it from um, a mentor that if you're an intern and you speak up a lot or you tell them what you care about or like, because for them, it actually makes the job easier, apparently. Like, for example, they have an intern. They have so many other tasks to worry about. So if you come up to them and you're like, hey, I'm really interested in this. Or like, could I, I don't know, 
could I ask a bit more about this project and stuff like that. Like when you create a job for yourself, it makes it easier for them. And also in the end, what you do is satisfying to you and you're, you feel like you're learning and applying yourself where you want to. So the whole speaking yeah. up thing, I feel like sounds like a key maybe to, to bring you a mm. bit more of that positive, positive yeah. thing. Standing up to. for what you think's right. Mm, yeah. Awesome. Well, whoa, that was an amazing chat. Actually went longer than I planned for it to, but I just couldn't stop it because there was just so many good thoughts. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Is there anything more lighthearted any of you want to bring up? Because I feel like we definitely dove deep into some some existential commerce problems mm. and questions. <laughs> um, no, not really. No, no. How many, how, how, many times, um, how many times do we think it's healthy to cry? Oh, I think just like letting it out whenever, four. whenever, especially in times like this, just cry as much as you want. Mm. Yeah, whenever you have a build up, I'm really guilty of holding everything and like I try not to cry because I'm like, I used to have a period when I cried a lot when I was younger. So then I was like, I need to be strong and I can't be weak like this and cry at whatever happens. Mm. So then it kind of turned the other way and I started holding it all my emotions in too much so I actually had a meltdown quite recently that was kind of just kind of painful because just missing family and things like that just the whole uncertainty and it all was kind of what waiting in on me and I still felt like oh like I can just deal with it like I'll be fine like I'll figure it out and then my body was like you know what no like you won't and I just had all these feelings like Mm. come down on me at once and yeah Yeah. it wasn't great yeah then I guess you need to have Mm-hmm. Uh, self-isolation is that time one of the times when we have to reach out to others the most because it's a challenge that we're all in together and it's important to like stay on top of it and also help each other out whenever we can yeah no definitely just talk to people you haven't spoken to in a while like jack you have been so that's really good yeah, opening up, I think, is so important. Because, like, exactly, opening up to others, but opening up to yourself as well and being like, you know what, today I'm not okay. I'm going to be cranky and that's fine. <laughs> like, just yeah. being a bit, I think right now especially, we need to be so honest and so upfront with, like... Mm. And we have so much free time, so just making the time of day to, like, actually hear how someone's doing, I think is really important as well mm. right now. Definitely. Oh, what a lovely note to finish up on. Mm. Thank you so much, guys, again. I hope you all feel good after this and there's lots of food for thought. Thanks, Olga. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Olga. Woohoo! Well, if you are thinking about something right now, please share it. There's a little instruction on how to do that by sending us a voice message. Whatever you found interesting, whatever is bugging you, whatever you want to share, whatever you want to bring up, any topic that you want to continue talking about, that's the way to tell us about it and to continue the chat and to expand the chat and to also feel connected and hopefully good. Alrighty, bye.